You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise Jesus. Amen. We trust God for his mercy and for his kindness to be poured upon us this morning in the name of Jesus. So that none of us will leave here the same way we came in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay, I just want to ask a question as we start. How many of us are aware that there's a war going on? Are you aware there's a war going on? Praise the Lord. And what war is that? Is it a war over who wins the, um, the gubernatorial in a Doe state? Whether it's APC or PDP? I saw that the Gandodola said whether you call him Gandodola or Gandonaira, he's coming there. And then Wike said he's also coming there. Praise the Lord. So there are wars going on. But is that the war we are talking about? No. There is an eternal war that is going on. You see, from the moment God created the heavens and the earth and put man in authority over his creation, and man, you know, was deceived or was um, overthrown by Satan, and then our Lord Jesus Christ came back and restored authority to man. Ever since then, there's been a contention. Will man succeed to hold what God has given to him, or will man let off what God has given to him, and Satan will take it back? Somebody say, God forbid. That is why our Lord Jesus Christ said to us, in this world there will be tribulations, but what? Be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. There is a war going on, but it's a world that has been fought and won by our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the spoils of this world, the benefits of this world, you and I have a part to play. Praise the Lord. So this morning, we're going to see what we are to do, and we're going to learn the lessons. Today is also communion, so we are going to be eating and be drinking and partaking of the broken body of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen? So the Bible says to us in Matthew 26, 41. Matthew 26, verse 41. It says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. It says, the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. But where I want us to take from is actually just watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. If you come with me to Mark 13 as well now, you're going to see in verse 9, where our Lord Jesus Christ also was speaking. In this Mark 13, he was talking to them about, or rather they inquired about the signs of the end. If you're taking notes, please take in fact, you can actually read the entire chapter, but for this hour, we read verse 9. It says, okay, I read from 5. It says, And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will deceive many. But when you hear of wars, are we hearing of wars, and rumors of wars, do not be troubled, for such things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places. And there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. It says, but what? Watch out for your 
selves, but watch out. Let's take note here. As things happen, as things will continue to happen, in fact, our Lord Jesus Christ said, these are the beginnings of sorrows. Like someone has said, things actually may not or will not, according to scriptures, get better. But that is not our concern. Our concern here is this, verse 9. What does it say? Watch out. Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, watch out. But watch out for yourselves. It says, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and you'll be beaten in the synagogue. You'll be brought before rulers and kings for my sake. And for a testimony to them. Now, if you come to the last few verses of that same chapter 13, but for time, I'll just read 37. And this is what Jesus says in 37. And what I say to you, I say to all, do what? Watch. Watch. The Christian is enjoined. The Christian is admonished to watch. To watch. To watch. What does it mean to watch? To watch means to be in a state of attentiveness. It means you're not sleeping. It doesn't mean you don't fall asleep. But you're not sleeping. You're not in a state of slumber. You are aware. You are awake and aware. You are observing. You're examining. You're guarding. You're spying on. You're keeping surveillance. You beware. Why do you do that? Because we are in a war. There's a war going on. And battles are being fought. Now, what is to be understood here? Because I know we know there's a war. How many of us know that there's a devil? You know, there is a devil. How many of us feel sometimes that the devil is at peace with us? Sometimes he may even travel. Praise God. Okay, maybe he has gone to uh, America now. You know, the elections are coming, so a lot is going on. But what our Lord Jesus Christ says to us is, watch, watch, watch. Now, this morning, we want to understand that there is no demilitarized zone in this war, there is no demilitarized day. There is no demilitarized season. There is no demilitarized environment. Praise the Lord. This war goes on and the devil brings it to us in every area. He brings it in your prosperity. He brings it in your lack. He brings it when you're happy. He brings it when you're sad. He brings it when you're married. He brings it when you're single. He brings it at any point in time. Some time ago, you know, the Lord ministered to me. He said, can you imagine in a world where we are telling people don't fornicate and the devil is tempting people with fornication? He said, Joseph was a slave, which means there was no possibility of fornication for him. And there, right there in the master's house, the devil still found a way to tempt him with sexual immorality. Why? The devil does not respect any zone. Anywhere you are, it's like saying you're keeping cobwebs from a place. No matter how wealthy or how rich a house is built, cobwebs will find their way there. Are you aware of that? It's not only important. In fact, they might be in bigger mansions than they are in the tiny places. Why? The same way it is with this war. It creeps in. It appears everywhere. Somebody is seated and is thinking the reason I'm having issues is because I'm here. No. Everywhere you are, as long as it's this world, there is a war going on. And you know what? You're involved in that war. Praise the Lord, somebody. 
But the good news, like we've said, is what? Jesus, our champion, our captain, what has he done? He has won the victory. He has overcome the world. But he says to you and I, do what? Watch. Why are we looking at this? It's very important because if anyone should have, could have, had the right to live this life without watching. You see, Jesus, the Bible says he had the spirit without measure. Jesus Christ was the son or is the son of God. And while he walked on earth here, he was fully God and then fully man. So he was in such a state where he could be lax. He could be carefree. He could actually be careless. You know, if you watch some movies and you see maybe either the son of the president or the son of a big man, you can see the way they behave. They talk anyhow, behave anyhow. Why? Because they know what is backing them up. Praise the Lord. Jesus was one who could have lived on earth in, you know, with, with a carefree attitude, careless attitude, lackadaisical attitude, and have gotten away because no matter the trap he's caught in, why? He'll be able to just come out of it. You understand what I'm saying? But you see, Jesus did not live that way. You know why? Because he understood that there is a war going on. There is a war going on. At a time in John 9, you can open to it if you want. In John 9, verse 4, he said, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is still day. He says, the night comes when what? No man can come. What's he saying here? When, he, when, when I read this, the picture he gave me is the picture of some of us that are in school now. You see, Jesus is like that A student or like that teacher, whatever, who knows all things. But he said, I will need to do this assignment at the time I should do it and submit it. Why? Because I know that the time comes that even if I know all the answers, the time for submission has what? Has passed, has elapsed. So Jesus was saying... There are things to be done, and there's a time to do those things. I cannot do it at any time. If you go to two chapters before John 7, verse 6 and 8, this was his conversation with the brothers. You remember at the state, the brothers of Jesus didn't actually believe, you know, who he said he was. But anyway, in this place, the brother said to him, no man is doing the type of thing you're doing, and is hiding. He says, go to Jerusalem. That is the big stage. Go to the big city so that they can see what you're doing. This is what he said to them. He said, my time has not yet come. But your time, what, is always ready. Now, do you know what it means for the Son of God? How many of us have had power before? Have you, you know, been in charge of a situation? You can change the times and season. Praise the Lord. You can, call, you can decide your office. You can say, no work today. You can decide everybody's coming to work on Sunday. You can decide anything. But this is the Son of God being conscious that there are many things interplaying in the world. He said, I cannot go now. Cannot. Whereas the Bible says, with God, how many things are possible? All things are possible. But you see, he did not exercise all of that liberty. He constrained himself. Why? Because he was in a state of watchfulness. That's why the Bible said, the prince of this world comes and what? Finds nothing in him. In fact, when it was the time for baptism, you remember, when he went to John, you know, the baptizer, 
John said by revelation, you don't qualify for baptism. There is no sin in you to be repented of. There is nothing to baptize in. But what did he say? He said, do this one to fulfill how many? All righteousness. I could excuse myself. Actually, I shouldn't. But he says, I'm doing this so that all righteousness will be fulfilled. All of that was necessary because if he did not fulfill all righteousness, when he died on the cross and rose again, they would still hold us and say there were some provisions of your deliverance that Jesus did not meet. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So he made sure he satisfied the full requirement of the law. And that was why he knew that there is a battle. He knew there was a contention. Another picture we can use to catch this is for those of us that are involved in the legal profession. You see, many people have lost cases in the legal profession, even though they had all the basis to win on what they call technicalities. So you made a mistake in the date or you made a mistake in some, you know, minute area of that. The lawyer can pick it. And based on that little technicality, you lose a case that is koro koro, black and white. Why? Because you did not know that you had an enemy who would scrutinize everything you said. Everything. Everything you said. As basic as saying that when this thing happened, you were hungry. A good lawyer could say that a hungry man does not see clearly. So when you identify the person who committed the offense, he said, but you said you had not eaten for how many days? And then they'll prove to you that when you're hungry, your sight is blood. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So this is the state of watchfulness. Remember, we're saying Jesus said, I have won the victory, but you must do what? Must watch. Now, if we step back a bit from there, we're going to come back to that. And I mentioned this in passing. A problem I've noticed amongst many of us Christians, each and every one of us, I inclusive, is that we have not made serious effort. We have not stepped back to know Christ. You see, we are called Christians, isn't it? Simply means that we are what? We are copiers of Christ. We are followers of Christ. And the Bible also requires that of us. Ephesians 5.1 says, Therefore, what? Be imitators of God as what? Their children. So, Christians are to imitate Christ. And that imitation of Christ simply means, look at him. Look at his person. Look at his ways. Look at his, listen to his words. See the way he speaks. See the way he responds. See the way he handles insults. See the way he handles power. See the way he handles authority. Observe his demeanor. What excites him? What makes him sorrowful? What causes him to rejoice? It's the totality of all this that should actually qualify any one of us to be called what? A Christian. Now, do you know that the people, the uh, Rastafarians or the Bomali people, do you know they know him more than they know us? You will not see anybody who is Rastafarian who says he doesn't smoke evil. But you see Christians who say they are following Christ and are smoking evil. You know the one that is evil? Sorry, I thought I was. It's weedy. Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. Or they are taking a, 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 a you know, spirits and all of that. You, you won't see anybody, you won't see anybody who says, hey, Jama, Rastafari, and you see him with, you know, a clean shave. 
Have you seen any of them? When you see them, what do you see? You see dreadlocks. You see the beard. You know why? They are following somebody. And everything about their life mirrors that person. And if you hear them speak, if you see them, you see everything manifest. Even, uh, what's the other one? The Elvis Presley um, uh, imitators or whatever. When you see them, you see Elvis Presley. Do you know that that's how they should see you as Christ? Do you know that the Christians did not go about introducing themselves and saying, ah, we are Christians, we are Christians. They didn't go about, they were just behaving. And people say, these people must be Christ imitators. And they were called Christ. Why? Because they had observed him. So they saw them when they were insulted and saw the way they responded. They saw them when they were elevated. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Talking about Christians not knowing the person of Jesus. Look at the Apostle Paul and Barnabas. They get to a city. They walk a miracle. And the people said, you people are gods. You are zeals. And what's the other one that they were? Zeus and whatever. And he said, we are coming to worship you. Because Paul and Barnabas were Christians, you know what they did? They tore off their clothes and said, you cannot worship me. You can't worship us. We are men like you. We have come to preach you know, Christ to you. That there is a God in heaven who sent his son to die for you. And the same people who were going to defy them, what did they do? They now started beating them. Why? Because those people were Christians. If they were not genuine Christians, many people in our world today, when people praise them, when people, you know, extol them, when people say, you are wonderful, ah, your sermon did this, your anointing did this, you know what you start hearing from them after that moment? They say, my commission. Isn't that what you hear? The anointing on my head. Isn't that what you hear? You say, when I speak this word, that's what you hear. You know why? Because these people don't know Christ. You see, we're saying watch. Because the word watch means to scrutinize. Remember in the last days, the Bible said many false Christ. That false Christ does not mean they'll be saying that Jesus. But there'll be false anointings. You will see things that will cause you to open your eyes like this. And open your mouth. But if you have known Christ, you will know that this is not the spirit of Christ. Even if the man raises the dead and buries them and raises them again, it does not matter what happens. If you know Christ, you know somebody who is imitating him. Whether in trouble, you see, somebody is provoked. His response will show you whether he is like Christ. They provoke somebody. He enters into lamentations or Ezekiel and brings out a curse and curses people. Where did Christ bring out a curse and curse somebody? It's never done. Because, you see, in him was life. And the life was what? The light. In him dwells no darkness at all. This is what you begin to see. And this is what you begin to pursue and mirror as a child of God. So we are saying here, this watching is to watch so that nothing shifts you out of the center of what God has already freely given to you. Let me ask a question now as I go back to the watching. The, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 14, talking about the woman and the man. And the Bible made a statement. 
He said, I wish we had enough time. I would have gotten some response. The Bible said in this step, he said the woman was deceived by Adam. We know that. But Adam was not deceived. So if Adam was not deceived, if Adam was not deceived, so what happened to Adam? Have you ever read that part of your Bible? Praise the Lord. If Adam was not deceived, the woman was deceived, so she ate. Adam was not deceived. What happened to Adam? Simple. Adam was taking it as a joke. As Adam was relaxed, he was caught off guard. Just like many of us, if you look back in your life now, in the past one week, the past one month, the past three months, have you said things that you know you shouldn't say? Ordinary conversation, even concerning coronavirus, the way you converse on it. You see, you speak to people. You know, I was watching the news the other day, and Trump was answering the press people. You know, I used to like Trump before, but I'm not sure again. You know, I used to support him a lot, but I'm not sure again. So anyway, Trump was answering the press people. And he said, Corona will just disappear. And people were saying, hey, somebody said how. But that is faith. How did it appear? Are you seeing what I'm saying? You see, when he said Corona will just disappear, wouldn't it just disappear? Is it not uh, Moses that in one day will ask God to clear the plague in Egypt? On Wednesday, we said that every Christian must hold a biblical worldview. We said that, right? Because God created his world. Do you know that whether they say it's from Wuhan or from anywhere, do you know that Corona is God that is allowing it to remain? And the moment God says, blow it away, do you know you won't find it? So when the man says it will disappear, what is wrong with that? People of faith should know that even though the man may not know what he's saying, that is, isn't that what you're praying about? Anybody that has prayed, are you not praying it will disappear? Or is your prayer for vaccine only? Vaccine is a business enterprise. Vaccine has no interest in your well-being. It's somebody that is calculating how much you will make. But you see, Christians who are not watchful, they engage in conversations, they engage in discussions, and they make statements and make decisions, not calculating the totality of the import of what they are deciding. Why? Because they are not watching. Remember that God created this world and said, let man have what? Dominion. What kind of dominion are you exercising? Don't even talk about your neighbor. Over your own life. Over your own situation. What are you answering? On Wednesday we said Jesus spoke or rather answered the tree. Because the tree must have spoken. And said let no man eat fruit of you again. What are you answering to the situations in your life? Are you just joking about them? Somebody says something to you. You know, there was one comedy that a bright wonder did. And the lady was, I said, this lady is in the spirit. You cannot ask the lady a question and say, if you test positive. She said she will not test positive. Whether you're joking or not, she will not test positive. Well, show to you, Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that is a state of watchfulness. Because unless you say yes, it cannot come on you. And many of us Christians now, remember when this thing started, when it was very far, and there was no NCDC telling us anything. Remember, many of us were quoting Psalm 91. Now, what many Christians are vote, quoting is NCDC guidelines. Do you know that? Some of you can't even shout hallelujah in church because you have blocked your nose and mouth. NCDC guideline is what you have shifted. You began by saying, 
He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Now, the secret place of the Most High is your bedroom. Somebody's watching now. In his bathroom, somebody's watching. That's the secret place of the Most High. It's no longer his presence anywhere. You are no longer watching. You have slowly, you know, sliding into a backsliding and backsliding position without knowing it. Some don't give offerings again because COVID has blocked. Nobody is harassing you again. Some are not paying tight. You know, all kinds of things are happening to people. And it's simply because they are not watching. There is a war going on. Listen to me. Every day of your life, the, the Bible says, sow in the morning, sow in the night. You don't know the one that is going to bring the harvest. Every time, whether somebody pushes you or compels you or encourages you or harasses you, Ask yourself, what ought I? Our Lord Jesus said, I must do. That's the level you live your life. That's the level the wise people live their life. They live their lives in the state of I must. I remember when we're holding the services from the house. You know, one of the days I was getting ready and my wife said to me, do you have to match your socks the way you match? I said, if I don't match it, then it means I'm matching it for people outside. I'm matching it for me because if I wear color riot, even though you don't see my shoes, I will know. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a state. It's a state. It's a state of watchfulness because you don't know what is going to happen. And that's what Jesus was saying to us. He says, watch and pray. If you read that uh, Matthew 13 from 32, 37, he said, you don't know the hour. Now, in that particular 13, it was talking about the end of the time. But there are decisions, there are critical moments in your life that you don't know the hour. Something is happening and you let your guards down and you start shouting and start making noise. You don't know whether that's the hour that somebody has heard about you that said there is this mighty man of God. Ah, the man is just like Christ. This is how he works. He doesn't raise his voice. Then they just come in and find you like that. How will you explain to the person that you don't do this all the time? Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It says, watch and pray. The command to watch, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13, let's look at it. There the apostle Paul was writing to the church also. He says to them, 1 Corinthians 16 13, he says, watch is a military term. Watch. He says, stand fast where? In the faith. That was stand fast, say, don't shift grounds. It doesn't matter what is going on. Don't shift grounds. The next one says what? It says be brave. The next one says what? Be strong. Say to yourself, in this season, I will watch. I will stand fast in the faith. I will be brave and I will be strong. God said to Joshua, I've given you the land. That's what he said to him, Joshua 1. He says, I've given you the length and the breadth of the land. Then he goes down and says to him, only that word. Be strong and very what? Courageous. Why? Even though he has been given the land, if he's not strong and very courageous, he will not enter. He will not enter. You see, you don't watch somebody's thing. The very fact we are being told to watch is because it has been committed to us already. Victory has been given to us. Christ has won the victory. But that watching is to maintain and to hold and to benefit and to enjoy. And that is what I see many Christians. We forget that we're in a state of war. We're in a state of war. I'm glad for the football lovers that football is coming back. You know, they're beginning to play football. But no team in the middle of a match, no matter how, you know, the score is in their favor, begins to stroll in the field and say they're already leading. Does any team do that? Either they go to do a more attack 
or they, you know, strengthen their defense. Why? Because they know that as until the whistle is blown, anything can happen. The same way for the Christian, until you drop, finish your race here and drop dead or rapture takes place, anything can happen. You cannot lay down your guards. Christianity is never suspended. The devil never says, okay, this is lockdown season. Don't pray again. I just hope and trust God that you're praying more now than before. Because all the excuses that you had for not praying, for not studying, are no longer there. I just hope and pray you're listening to messages more now than before. Because there's no traffic, you know, there's none of those things that are disturbing you. You're not traveling to Zamfara. You're not coming on the way. You're not, no, all those things are not there. I just hope that you're doing more now. Why? Because the tendency is for the law in the activities, economically or anywhere, to begin to affect you spiritually. And you think that everything is relaxed. The devil does not relax. If you note, many people have died in this season, not even from COVID-19. Many marriages are facing trouble. Different situations. Why? The devil never steps back. The Bible says he knows that he has what? A short time. The same way he has a short time, you also don't have the time. You don't have the time. You don't have the luxury to waste anything and any opportunity. The Bible says redeeming the time. Why? It says the days are evil. Evil days are here. We're in a season where everything that happens, the enemy picks it up. Did you see that Black Lives Matter people, they've started going into, I mean, the racism is real and it's terrible, but right here at home, tribalism is even worse. But anyway, that's not the issue. Black Lives Matter people, they've started going into questioning, was Jesus white or black? Now, the issue is this. I don't know who has bothered. How many are driving cars here? How many are driving cars? You have a nice car, right? You have a nice car. You have, have you bothered who made your car? Is it white or black? What do you do? If the car is good, you do what? What a wonderful savior we have in Jesus. Whether he's brown, yellow, or black. He's the son of God, the savior of the whole world. You see, these people don't love him. They are not ready to obey him. They're just bringing distraction. The devil is fighting. There are arguments. Okay, the people that brought the gospel to Africa, who brought it first? It doesn't matter. The gospel has come. The gospel has come. It's a miracle. Praise the Lord. That we are no longer killing ourselves. We are learning love. We are learning the love of God. We are seeing the, you know, the faithfulness of God. You know, we are being taught the ways of God. It doesn't matter. But you see, the enemy will seize any opportunity. And all of that is to put question marks and to create a lacuna for those who never wanted to do right to have excuse. I don't know what must have happened to Adam's head, but he may have said, well, this conversation started with Eve. If Eve, let me just join her and eat. I'm not deceived. I know that this apple, I shouldn't eat it. But I know I shouldn't eat it. He ate it. And then God appeared. Isn't that what happened? And he realized that what is in this thing? Do you know, child of God, that at the end of our journeys here on earth, when you look at your life, you see that there is nothing worth you failing in any way at all. Nothing is worth it. You see, by the mercy of God, I want you to understand what I'm saying, and it will help you. There is no temptation that has befallen you in the Bible says, but what? Such as is what? Come unto man. But God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, isn't it? But with every temptation, he'll make a way of escape. Let's even leave way of escape. 
I've asked us here, still, I think, you know, there's a lot of issue on sexual immorality. How many of us here, with a gun behind your head, will say you want to commit fornication? Even with your wife, will you say to her, I'm loving you? Or you're not, you know, the gun is not there. You're just hearing, gunshots everywhere. We say, honey, you won't do that. Because at that point, you're, you want to leave. The same way with money. I don't know if you have seen this joke, okay? I hope, I'm sure it's a joke. Where somebody mistakenly transferred a large sum of money to another person. And the person got the money. And knowing the problem with Nigeria, like we said, where anything that is forgotten is. The person who sent the money sent another text to the mistaken recipient. And said to the person, okay, this money is your down payment on the initiation that we have concluded to do on your head. To the whatever, whatever fraternity of the Obongo, Bongo people. Now, if you receive this money, take it. Then we are going to be coming for your father, your mother, for your son. The person says, send me your number. It's a mistake. I'm sending you the money back. Now, what does that prove? It proves that that thing you think that you're cheating, you're lying to get that money. is because you have not known the consequences. There is no temptation you cannot say no to. If you had your eyes open, there, ah, body no be wood. You will know that body is wood when you see situation. The person wired the money back. He does not want the you know to start the process of the obonu bonga bonga whatever fraternity. But if you had told him, ah, please, I made a mistake. He say, Hallelujah, God has blessed me. But you know, you're a criminal. But because we don't see these things, we don't understand it. We don't download it. We take them lightly. Another one is that you see the way people joke with spiritual things. Do you know that mentioning the name of the Lord in vain is a sin? Now, so whether you're joking or not, it matters how you mention the name. There's a comedian that, you know, had seen, and I don't want to listen to the person's joke because you cannot joke that when somebody prays, nothing happens. Then somebody goes to native doctor, something will happen. You're invariably magnifying and advertising and promoting the power of the devil, which is a lie against what I know. So if I'm going to laugh, you must make supreme the power that is supreme. All authority in heaven and on earth has what? Has been given to me. Our Lord Jesus Christ said. There is no other name given under heaven. By which man? You see, his name, at the mention of his name, what? Every name. You cannot crack joke with somebody saying Jesus. Then somebody brings out red cloth and everybody starts running. That joke is not for me. Praise the Lord. The same way also, if I know a man is a comedian, a fraud, and is not a, a Christian, I cannot also be joking with what he's saying. Many of us here, we have shared, is it in Daboski or whatever. I warn you, if you're a member of this church, don't watch, don't share, don't laugh, don't anything about it. When you do that, you are not watchful. Because what you're doing is you're playing with it. And it's a door, you open the door, things will come in. And they will tell you, you invited us. You cannot look at it for comedy. You cannot share it for comedy. Why? You are watchful. You see, if you travel abroad or you can Google that, no sane person go to any American airport and jokingly say I'm a terrorist. You almost be dead before anything. You're joking, no? Or just say, ah, I'm Osama's bro. Just joke, joke. You will know what to joke with by then. 
Praise the Lord. There are things you don't joke with. You're watching the same God you're serving. Somebody is, you know, doing somehow with it. And you're laughing. How can you laugh over it? Today we're going to partake of the broken body and the shed blood of our Lord Jesus. And he said to us, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know what it means to eat his flesh? It means he was cut. You know what it means to drink his blood? It means he's bled. He bled. Praise God. Have you seen where even ordinary chicken is killed and the blood is coming out? It's not something to laugh over. You don't joke with Christianity. You don't laugh with things of God. You don't. These are things of life. Praise the Lord. So it says, watch, stand fast, be brave and be strong. And why is this so very important? Because great things are at stake. You see, on Wednesday, we said something. I repeat it for those who you know, we're not there and who didn't listen, please, you can go and listen to that message. It's very important you do. It was themed, have faith in God. If you have not listened to it, it's a fundamental message you must listen to. Anyway, in that message, we saw that the way the word of God works, it works with coordinates, which simply means that one scripture is not enough. One scripture is not enough. People have taken one scripture and we, you know, refer to it. You know, whosoever says to this mountain, be that removed and, and does not doubt in his heart, he shall have whatever he says. It's one thing, but that whatever he says must be submitted to the scripture that says, when, when we stand praying, we forgive. That's part of it. And then he says that whatever we ask according to his will, what does he do? He hears us. Then he says, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask, I mean, she has to consume on your law. Those are all coordinates to help you to get an answer to whatever you say. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Now, I'm saying that to say this. You are born again. You're watching me. I celebrate you. Congratulations because you already have the victory. Praise God. But... Do you know at the end of the book, you know who makes it? Do you know who makes it? It's not the born again. The born again starts you up just the same way. Any one of us who is seated here today, there is, you know, they said to a man, we need your certificate of birth. And he asked the person asking him, why do you need my certificate of birth? Am I not enough evidence that I was born? Do you understand what I'm saying? So because you're here, I know you were born. To be born again is to be born into the kingdom. Jesus Christ made it clear, Lord. He says, unless you are born again, what? You will not see. Unless you are born of the Spirit, you will not enter. Now, to now finish that race and get what is promised. This is what the Bible says. I need you to take the writing now. In Revelation 2.7, 2.11, 2.17, and 2.26... Revelation 2, 7, 11, 17, 26, and Revelation 3, 5, 12, 21. Revelation 3, 5, 12, 21. Anyway, simply the letters to the churches that our Lord Jesus gave. You know what he kept saying to them? He says, to him that overcomes. To him that what? Overcomes. Adam was given the world with no restriction. But he could not overcome the subtlety and the temptation of the devil. He lost it. Child of God, he says what? To him that what? Overcomes. He says that he who has an ear, ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. To him who what? Overcomes. The child of God must know. Now that I'm born again, I must do what? Overcome. I know simply what that word says. To overcome simply means 
Expect obstacles. And when they come, don't cry over them. Prevail over them. Praise the Lord. Nobody loves me. I'm lonely. I'm broke. I'm abandoned. I'm sick. This and that and that. They are what? Obstacles. And because you are born again, what happens? The Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Our faith. You now apply that faith in God and obtain victory in that situation. I'm married to a husband who is a madman. What is that? An obstacle. Praise the Lord. What do you do? You overcome. The Bible says some women, by their conduct, have what? Converted their husbands. You can ask for that anointing. I'm married to a woman. You see, don't we read the Bible? God sent Hosea to marry a prostitute. Praise the Lord. Abigail married a man that the Bible called fool and survived him. Didn't divorce him. It was God that handled that matter. Some of us are praying for God to handle that matter. Are you, have you done the Abigail side? And are you sure there is a David coming for you? Praise the Lord, somebody. He says to him, who what? That's what the end of the book says. What am I saying? Child, don't sit down there and make excuses. Listen, excuses don't work in this kingdom. Praise the Lord. Let me show you a scripture you need to know. It's not even a scripture you need to know. It's something you already know. In Acts chapter 12, the Bible says Herod, you know, took James and beheaded him. And he saw that he pleased the Jews. We know the story now. And then he went on and seized Peter. Isn't that what happened? And put him in prison because it was a Passover, waiting to bring him out. But before he could bring Peter out, what had happened? The angel of the Lord had gone to free Peter. Now in Acts 12, 18 and 19, this is what happened. When Herod sent for Peter, the Bible says, Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. So Peter could not be found. But the gate was not broken. The door was not broken. These watchmen, these uh, uh, guards did not sleep. These soldiers didn't sleep. Now, you know the conclusion of the matter. Verse 2 says what? Simple. What does verse 2 say? He said, but when Herod has searched for him and not found him, what did he do? He examined the guards and commanded that they should what? Be put to death. When you understand that you are in this thing as a watchman, as a soldier, you see that excuses don't hold. These soldiers, they had no business being executed because the place was not broken into. This was angelic intervention. But you know what? When as a soldier, something is committed to you. Do you know that when we go to eat of the broken body and drink of the shed blood, he's committing his life into our hands. What will you do with it? Pastor, I didn't have rent. That's why I moved in with a man. Pastor, I needed school. That's why I did it. No, 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 no. It's not pastor you're talking to. Pastor is running his race. Pastor has his battles. There is nobody that they're exempting. In this thing, the devil tempts everybody. In fact, the higher you go, the sweeter he wants you to fall. Praise the Lord, somebody. So they said, execute them. Why? Because on this thing that we're involved in, the price or the cost is my life. What I win is his life. What I lose is my life. What is to be won is too sweet. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? What is to be won is too sweet. That a video. Why are you watching that video? When you know if rapture takes place, you can't go. But you're praying and hoping. Pray, you know, that you finish watching the video and repent before rapture takes place. Who told you? 
Who made the commitment to you? God has called you and given you an assignment. Lay the burden in your heart to be a deliverer, to be a witness in that office, to be a sign, to be someone different in this nation where people are saying, who will show us any good? And you're in that office and you're amassing wealth and influence and power for yourself. And you're not asking yourself, what if the master calls me now? Have you read the story of the rich fool in the Bible? This rich fool was concerned about himself, his family, and his prosperity. And do you know what the Bible says in that story? The Lord gave him a large harvest. So the fact that everything is moving well does not mean everything will end well. It takes a watchfulness to see you end well. It takes a watchfulness. So this morning as we round up, Revelation 21.7, this is what it says. Still the overcomer, Revelation 21.7. It says, he who overcomes shall inherit how many things? All things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. Remember when we start this journey, it says as many as received him, he gave the right word to be called children of God or sons of God. He gave them the right then. But here he says, at this time you will be what? My son. And I will be your word. God, let's bow our heads and cry to the Lord. Lord, I want to get there. And God will not ask of me what he has not given me the ability to do. In fact, for anybody person listening to me who is afraid now, let me tell you what the Bible says. It says where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. If you're listening now and you look at yourself and the devil is fighting a war now, bringing, shooting a dart at you of condemnation, telling you, see how useless you are, laugh at him. Because the more useless you are, the more grace wants to abound towards you. So that you can be an example, a sign and a wonder of how God can take a man, a woman or a situation and turn it around. All you need to do now is to call on the one. Realize and watch means be aware. Watch means know that this is a situation. You look at your life now and say, the way I'm going... I'm not sure I will finish well. The way I'm going, I'm not sure I'm discharging my responsibilities as a servant of God, as an anointed man of God. Then you can now call on him because the assurance he gives to us is that today, today is the day of salvation. Today. And for someone watching, you're already born again. It's now dawning on you that there's so much at stake. Then you can call in on, on, on him and say, anoint me. I need power for exploits because the devil's kingdom must be turned down. The sick need to be healed. The captives need to be set free. I'm not joking. The devil is not joking. So I will not joke. Do you know that Jesus has sent you? Do you know that Jesus has sent you? Yes, you listening to me now. You watching online. Do you know that you're a commissioned officer of the kingdom? The Bible says, as the Father has sent me, what? So send are you. Do you know you are anointed to tear down kingdoms on behalf of your Lord and his Christ? Then I want you to pray that never again will you be neutral. Every situation you come in, you will diffuse the fragrance of Christ. Either electronically, physically, emotionally, in your place of work. Are you a government officer? Then request that by your hands and through your life, you will take kingdoms for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there is a war going on. 
Father, we thank you. Lord, anoint these your sons and daughters as they cry to you as they say, end. And power, oh Lord, set at liberty those that are held in bondage unto one thing or the other. And Lord, let the victory that you have won, Lord, let us maintain it in the name of Jesus Christ. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.